Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? As I've shared on the podcast many times before, I originally started my therapy journey in 2016 as I was grieving the loss of my grandmother. I went in expecting grief counseling and that evolved into weekly maintenance for my life. And that's what therapy has been for me. It's been weekly maintenance for my mental and emotional health and well-being. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, then BetterHelp is for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counseling network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. So all of my international listeners, this is for you too. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you don't ever have to wait in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is also available. Visit betterhelp.com slash lavender and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for the Lavender Woman's podcast listeners, you will receive 10% off your first month by visiting www.betterhelp.com slash lavender. Tell them they can't dissent you. Welcome to the Lavender Woman's podcast. Thank you for joining a group of people determined to become more refined, grace-filled, and graceful, purpose-filled, and purposeful. Each episode, we recite an affirmation and we plant seeds of lavender. Not sure what that means? It's simple. We take that seed of lavender, usually one word, and we water and nurture it until it takes root and begins to grow and manifest in our lives. Light a candle, rub on some essential oils, and grab a notebook. We're about to get started. Please note, the following episode was recorded in February of 2021. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Lavender Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Candice, and we have a great episode lined up for you. I actually have a guest today, a first-time guest. It's been a while since I've had a first-time guest because, you know, COVID was just interrupting my flow for this year, but we have a special guest here. I'm honored that she said yes, and I want to tell you all about her. Dr. Eltonette L. Harris is a native of Portsmouth, Virginia. She is a true philanthropist with a servant's heart. 
She has dedicated her life to advocating for women and girls worldwide. She has a professional background in human services field where she has experience in family reunification, family stabilization, human trafficking, independent living for children in foster care, and human service company management and operation. This foundation led to the birth of her company, the W Agency, where she helps businesses with development, systems, compliance, and innovation. Dr. L's academic journey began at Virginia State University, where she received her bachelor's degree in mass communications. She earned a master's degree from Norfolk State University, behold, the green and gold, <laughs> <laughs> in community counseling. She earned a second master's degree in college leadership and administration from what is now known as Purdue University Global. She completed her PhD. She's educated, y'all. Do y'all hear all of this? She's You heard her credentials. She's educated in human services from Capella University. Her dissertation title was Feelings of Inadequacy Experienced by Women Nonprofit Leaders During Organizational Transformation. She intends to use this research to strengthen the education and support of women leaders worldwide. Dr. L. Harris has served in many capacities throughout the community. She was a volunteer mentor with the UP Center, a chairwoman over youth and recreation for Lee Ward Civic League in Portsmouth, and a program director of Jess Divine Dance Crew, an initiative under a nonprofit organization called Youth Matter. Dr. Harris is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. She is also a co-chair of the Grants Committee for the Virginia Beach Pearl Foundation. She's busy, okay? I'm tired from reading her bio. You are busy. <laughs> from her continuous work, Earn her her continuous work earned her a gold level presidential volunteer service award from President Barack Obama in 2011. Our forever president, and Dr. Um, L. Harris was named the 2020 and 2021 Women of Distinction honoree in the category of entrepreneurship and innovation from the YWCA of Southampton Roads. Listen. I'm glad she said yes. Did you guys hear everything that she does? And she said yes to the Lavender Woman. So we are grateful. We want to welcome Dr. Eltonette L. Harris to the show. Thank you so, so much. First of all, Woo. thank you for saying my name correctly. Listen, I get it. I am a country girl at heart, so I, I've seen names. I know names. So, of course, of course. I'm glad to have you here because that was, you are busy. I'm busy. Very busy. And you said yes. And listen, we are recording um, on a Tuesday night. I don't know when you guys are going to get this episode, but we're recording on a Tuesday night. So, I'm grateful for her yes because she has a plethora of other things I'm sure she could have been doing and rest is one of them okay because priorities and self-care okay Absolutely. but we have a very very important and serious topic that I believe is near and dear to both of our hearts to talk about tonight and I want to issue a trigger warning because some of the topics that we're going to discuss could get heavy and may be triggering to some of our audience so please just be advised that this conversation could could be um, a little heavy, so we're issuing a trigger warning for everyone. 
So I was first introduced, well, a little backstory. I was introduced to Dr. L's husband by one of my college friends because I needed some branding help. And he was like, oh, I know the perfect guy for you. And so when I started following him on Instagram, I discovered his amazing wife. And she posted a video one night talking about traumatized girls. And when I watched the video, you guys, I said, oh, I have to have a conversation with her. We have to talk about this. It resonated with me. I have had much trauma in my life, and I just felt like this was a conversation that I needed to share the platform with someone who could also, um, I guess, just give us different perspectives in their individual story. So, Dr. L, from that conversation that you shared on your YouTube and on Instagram, where did that conversation stem from? And if you want to share a little bit of your story with the audience. So, for me, I had actually, I think the day before, I was a part of a meeting. Okay. And in that meeting, it was a lot of type A, mm. extra bravado women, right? Okay. And what I realized is a lot of those women who were very type A, they were also passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of talking about you, but around you, not directly to you. Mm -hmm. And I realized, and, and I was talking to someone, and they were upset after the conversation, and I said, we're not talking to a grown woman. We're talking to a little girl. A wounded child. That's what we're talking yes. to. Yes. And so that trauma mm -hmm. is still sitting there. So that little girl who doesn't know how to develop that, you know, proper mentality of this situation isn't meant to harm you. Mm. Automatically stands up and advocates for that adult yes. who's hurt in that moment. And she just lashes out. Mm. There's no stability in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so it just spawned me into creating that video. So... That you are spot on with that. Um, I believe I have been that person mm -hmm. in on my journey, and I'm also currently. Um, I know women who are in that position, so that's why this conversation is so important. What are what do you believe are the effects of trauma in girls? Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is I had a conversation earlier this week with my mom. Okay, and. We were talking about February 21st of 2015. My dad had a severe stroke. Um, he ended up passing away March 15th of okay. that same year. I'm very sorry to hear that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So in that conversation, I was telling her how um, I knew. My mom was like, well, I know your dad had been sick for a long time. And, you know, your dad had been drinking for years, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so what I could hear in that conversation is my mom start to point the finger your dad was alcoholic and because I was telling her I had a conversation with the guy and I was upset and I'm like you took my father my father was my best friend I was his only child mm -hmm. he was the greatest person in the world to me mm -hmm. and so God said well would you have rather me take him and he killed somebody being drunk and driving mm -hmm. or would you rather have him die peacefully mm -hmm. so I'm like whoa I never looked at it that way yeah. right yeah so I'm having this conversation with my mom, and she's like, yeah, because your dad used to drink and do all of this. And it made me think. Mm -hmm. When I was a child, mm -hmm. my dad would call and promise me things or say, I'm coming to get you, and he wouldn't show up. Mm -hmm. And so as a child, when someone doesn't show up over and over, you don't believe in people. Right. And you don't expect anything from people. You are preaching. But, and I told my mom, I said, you know what I wish you would have done during mm -hmm. that time frame? Mm -hmm. And it's not her fault because she didn't have, she wasn't properly trained either. She right. wasn't a therapist. Mm -hmm. But I wish you would have known my dad was sick. Mm -hmm. And alcoholism is a disease. It is. It is. Instead of saying, stop calling, he's not going to show up. Because mm. then it becomes, wow, is something wrong with me. Right, right. He won't show up for me. Mm -hmm. So that trauma followed me. 
Even to this day, I, I still don't trust people that much. Me either. I don't rely on anybody. I understand. You know, my prayer is always, Lord, don't let me need nobody for nothing. Yeah. And I'm a whole married woman. Mm-hmm. So that trauma. Girl, that's my struggle too. <laughs> but And it's not that you don't want to rely on them. It's just this is what you have built up. Mm-hmm. This is what that little broken girl mm-hmm. has done to advocate for you. Mm-hmm. And so we have these things that happen that trigger certain things in our life. And we build up this whole, like, um immunity mm. to being vulnerable mm-hmm. to needing help mm-hmm. and it's a painful thing and I was like you know having that conversation I think she got it in that moment but when she move forward she'll probably go back and have this thing but she hasn't gotten there yet right but it's the thing of like those are important parts that we don't talk about as women we need to have those conversations don't beat up someone mm-hmm. don't beat up a man who's not there who's always drinking mm-hmm. maybe there's something wrong with him mm-hmm. and let your child know let mm-hmm. the little girl know it's not you that he's running from mm-hmm. this is demons that he's chasing absolutely so that was just like uh when you when you talked about the trauma i was like wow just had that traumatic situation happen this week so. i'm telling you and it, it will reappear until we face it and we heal it i know that for sure yeah. <laughs> because i feel like every traumatic experience i've had it's recent surface in my life in some shape or form it just it keeps coming back whether it's in my behavior whether it's in um, something that shows up in my spouse it just it never goes away until you face it and you do the work that's required to heal it so I know for me a similar story about fathers and absent fathers more particularly for me that helped me, I felt like it, it set me up to make horrible decisions in choosing partners mm. because I didn't have an example of what a good quote unquote man was. Yeah. And so because my father was absent and my father was a rolling stone in every sense of the word, um, he passed in 2010 now, but um, I didn't understand the importance of choosing well. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I'm the product of an affair. And so when I thought about it, I was just like, well, it is what it is. You know, my father can't really because he went back to his wife after. And so I felt like that was like um, something against me. Mm-hmm. Like he was angry at me because that caused a wedge in his marriage when I had nothing to do with yeah, it. I was all. just the product of two adults making um, a reckless decision. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that I had to heal with my mom. I never got the chance to heal that area with my father before he passed, but it was important to me to heal it with my mom because I even had resentment and animosity towards her because I felt like a lot of the mistakes and decisions I made was because of the decision you made 30 plus years Mm. ago. You know, it was like I'm continuing a cycle that's just not healthy, Mm. and I don't want to do that anymore. So... I want to tell you it's real that the trauma that we um, suffer as children will follow us into adulthood. And I've been in therapy, oh my goodness, three years now, Mm -hmm. just trying to go back and heal those things. And um, one of the sessions I had with my therapist, and I always tear this acronym up. I should have looked it up before we started, but I was doing ERDM. EMDR. EMDR. Mm -hmm. See, I told you I was going to tear it up. I was doing that with my therapist. And like some of the situations that I had to go back and put myself in, Oh, my goodness, like tears rolling, Mm -hmm. like sobbing. Mm -hmm. 
sobbing because you don't I think like you said we build up this immunity to it and we don't even realize how damaged we are moving forward and the thing that hurts the most is when I hear adults say oh kids are so resilient they'll be all right (laughs) no we're not because we grow up to be damaged adults and not and I know that this is we're gearing this conversation towards women but our men our husbands our fathers our brothers our uncles our cousins they're suffering from the same thing They're wounded little boys showing up as 35-year-old men, as 50-year-old men. And we have to, as a community, as a group of people, be willing to face our traumas, be willing to go back and heal them, whatever they may be. It doesn't minimize the fact that you went through it, but we want you to be healthier moving forward. Yes, and I think what's important, because I remember I had one person tell me, I had a little girl inside of me that still lives with me today because this little girl still lives with me. There's times I'm like, I'm really a whole adult. like, mm-hmm. And she told me I needed to let the little girl set her free, like write it. Mm-hmm. Like, but then a different therapist said, don't set her free. Mm. Don't do that. You need to nurture her because she, she was never nurtured. Oh, that's so good. So all the things that you didn't have as a child, right. going to the ice cream parlor, going to the park and swinging, you need to do that with that little girl. Mm. Because at your deepest and darkest and most painful moment, she was there for you. Woo. So don't leave her. Now it's time for you to nourish that part of you to that was give that, that her was what she never received. Absolutely. That makes so much sense, Absolutely. though. When you think about it, of course... Um, Everyone has someone, whether it's a biological parent or a guardian or a loved one or a family member. But at the end of the day, who was with you 100% of the time was yourself. Yes. And so when you said that, it just resonated. I'm like, oh, my God, that's, yeah. that's so great. That. Like, and, you, and you're like in those irrational moments, yes, she shows up because she's still a child mentally. Yes. But in those other moments, she's mm-hmm. there, too. So just like she's there for you, you got to go back there and be there for your little self. Like that's you have to, and I'm. I have my ice cream dates. Mm-hmm. I do all. I have to now. Like mm-hmm. I have to be able. I have to sit and eat all my candy, and <laughs> I have to because she never had that. And how do you feel when you do those things from I your feel childhood? Like a kid, but it's like one of those happy, mm-hmm. freeing moments, like right? That giggly stuff mm-hmm. that you never had, mm-hmm. like being able to go back and watch, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yes. you know. So all of those things, like, it feels good because that's that side that I felt like someone thought something was wrong with that little girl. Right. She wasn't good enough or she was the person that it was okay to touch because nobody would care to know yeah. that you did something wrong to her. Yeah. You abused her sexually, right. you verbally abused her, whatever mm-hmm. it is. She was okay mm-hmm. to do that too. Mm-hmm. And so now being at this age and being healed from that, knowing you, it was not you at all. Ever. At all, yeah. It was never you. Mm-hmm. But I want you to know that and I want you to know how it feels good to be at that age. You were, you were, you know, harmed then, but you're safe now. Absolutely. And you have to continue to tell yourself that because there are triggers that'll come. Mm-hmm. I'll be outside and it's dark and I hear somebody Hold up. Mm-hmm. Who was that behind me? Mm-hmm. Who was trying to harm me? Mm-hmm. But those, will tr- those triggers will come right back up. I get it. So like when you were downstairs, I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay down here until you walk around. I'm going to watch you walk around so I can make sure uh-huh. you're safe. That's one of my things. It's just mm-hmm. always feeling like what's going to happen. Is someone safe. going to hurt me? Mm-hmm. Because that it lives with it lives it within you. And it makes you just build up, um, I think, um, an extreme sense of security. Yes. Where you just always feel like you have to be in protection mode 
a hundred percent of the time. Yes. Like you never feel comfortable to kind of let your guard down. Yes. Yeah. You're always there, or you are always in a place of overachieving. Mm. And I, I didn't realize that until I think I probably paid it some attention. But this weekend, I was talking to some friends, and we were talking about one of my friends said she's come to a place where she's achieved everything in life that she has set out to achieve. Okay. Right? And she's not happy. Mm. And I was like, wow, I felt that way when I got my doctorate. Okay. Because I felt like this was the last thing that I was going to do academically. But for the normal person, I guess they would have been happy. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was just like, Ugh, I is did it real? It. Mm-hmm. I did it. Mm-hmm. But it was that thing of, for that broken girl with the trauma, mm-hmm. you're always trying to outdo yourself yeah. to prove that you're worthy. You're always trying to one-up yourself. Yes. Yeah. You're doing everything. Like, and generally, I can tell a person who, who had trauma sexually, especially by the list of accolades they have. Mm. Because you're so busy always trying to up yourself. Okay. You're trying to prove that you're worthy. You're trying to prove that you're enough. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that happens to every single person. Right, right. It's a consistent pattern for a lot of women. Mm. We're always trying to show someone that we were enough. Mm. You know, that we do matter. Like, look at this. Look, 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 look at, at everything I did. I did. Like, look at this golden mm-hmm. thing, you know? So, mm-hmm. it's the thing that we do. Wow. Yeah. Didn't even make that connection about the accolades being connected to. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I come from a um, a family of educators. Like, that's not my ministry. <laughs> I, this is how I choose to mm-hmm, kind of, this mm-hmm. is like my classroom. Yeah. So it's not traditional, mm-hmm. but it's how, um, it's, work, it's what works best for me. But long line of educators in my family and my grandmother and my great aunt her sister would always be like the teachers that everyone held on to mm-hmm. into adulthood i'm talking about they've gone off and got married and they've had children but they will always gravitate back to them and i was like what what is it like these people are 30 and 40 and 50 years old but they still come to you like because my grandmother taught kindergarten mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. you had that profound effect on them that 30 years later, they're still coming to you for advice. And That's she said it. the difference between her and a lot of teachers when it came to especially girls that because, you know, with girls, they always say girls are acting fast or different things like that. She said she always knew it was like you said, never them, but yeah. it was what was happening to them and around them. Absolutely. And so she always took the extra time and the extra step to let them know that she sees them. She loves them. She hears them. And it just stuck. People were devastated mm-hmm. when my grandmother passed away. And I was thinking, you like really it i mean it was like profound like grief mm-hmm. because she had um i guess connected with them in a way that they didn't have at home mm-hmm. um she made them feel safe and at the end of the day as a want. child that's what you want yeah. you want to feel safe mm-hmm. and so as i got older and i kind of understood it i was like yeah i get it now cuz i was going through my own situations and i was like i get it I get why these adults trust you. Mm-hmm. I get why they love you because you were the safety mm-hmm. that they didn't have elsewhere. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. It it goes back to that child. I, I found that to be true in my life in almost every aspect of things that happen in my adult life. Mm. It goes back to childhood. And all, I feel like trauma shows up in girls as far as um, acting out. Um, bullying at school. Sometimes um, that traumatized girl is the bully. Yes. Because you are just responding to the trauma that you've gone through. Um, you could It could start affecting your grades. 
It can start affecting your um, your self-esteem. It affects us in so many ways that we don't even realize. And it follows you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's adults with low self-esteem, low confidence, and things like that. And oftentimes, it stems from something that happened in childhood or adolescence. Mm, it does. And I, I have seen so many girls, and it goes back to what you said about your grandmother noticing those girls who people said were fast. Mm-hmm. And what people don't understand is, if you've never experienced that type of trauma as mm-hmm. a child, mm-hmm. someone has awakened something that is meant for a husband and wife. I was you, say. You've awakened something that is a pleasure, mm-hmm. that feels good mm-hmm. in a child. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to mentally handle that. Mm-hmm. And so one, once they get a hold of that feeling, they want it. Right? They yeah. want it because it does feel good, even though it's shameful. Right. It does feel good. Yeah. And so what some of them will do, instead of fighting the resistance of it, they'll succumb to it. Mm-hmm. And then they'll meet boys. And mm-hmm. then what they'll do is instead of you taking control over me, I'm going to take control over you. That's it. That is absolutely you know? it. And, 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 and you see the girls in school like, oh, she grown, she fast. Mm-hmm. But have you ever sat down to have a conversation with her? Thank she you. Even look you in your eye when Thank you. Talk? you. I'm telling how you, you that's how it starts because, like I said, it was always, my grandmother always had a house full of kids and mm-hmm. none of them were usually blood related. It was mm-hmm. just people dropping their kids off all the time. And especially when you reach like that middle school, high school phase. Yeah. And they'll just be like, just talk to her. She's doing this and she's doing that. And my grandmother would be like, well, baby, what's, let's, let's talk. And she just took the time. And I'm like, the parent, and it's like, you want to give the parent credit for dropping them off in a safe space. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what if you had taken the time to see oh, what was going on with your child? Why are why do you think she's behaving that way? What has caused that behavior? You know? Mm-hmm. And like you said, when that is when that spirit is awakened in you at an age where you are not mature enough yeah. to know how to compose it and mm-hmm. to handle it and to lock it away until you are ready, yeah. it is like a ravaging beast. Yes, it it is. is out of control. Yep. It's out of control because I had some wild years there in my teenage years from about Listen, 15 to 18. College, <laughs> I had them whole years. We talk about it all. The They're whole very, phase is real. Very open. <laughs> you have to be. I'm like, right, the whole phase is real. Okay. Yep. And I was just like, and when I think back, it was like, what, what was I doing? What was mm-hmm. I searching for? But it was that brokenness. Yes. It was searching for control. It was searching for, you're not going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to break you. I'm going to break you before you. It's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to tell you. And to this day, I just feel like, what in the world? And you you can't hold it against yourself, though. I feel like it's almost like, in some instances, it's like survival tactics. It's like you're just trying to survive. That's it. That's it. That's all you're trying. Because you haven't even processed what thriving feels like. What living feels like. You're just trying to make it to the next day. To so the next day. And the thing about it is when my grandmother was pouring into all these other girls, I was so afraid to go to her with my own trauma mm-hmm. because I was like, I don't want her to be disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. Knowing that she wouldn't be mm-hmm. because I saw how she was with other people. Yes. But it was like, I can't. That's like, that's my heart. That's mm-hmm. my grandma. Like, if I disappoint my mama, that's one thing. Yes. But my grandma? I can't disappoint my grandma. And my, my grandmother and I were a lot closer than I was with my mom. Mm-hmm. So if I was going to go to anyone, it was going to be my grandmother. And I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I suppressed it. And it got worse. Yeah. And it got worse. And it got worse. And I think I had my wake-up moment. It was a day. I was, was I 18? I think I was 17. I was turning 18 the next month. 
Then I had a really toxic ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We go through those phases where yep. we date a certain type yeah. of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to go into details about that type of guy. <laughs> but I think we all kind of know what I'm talking about. You go for the ones that are kind of flashy. And they have the money <laughs> that they good. shouldn't have at that time and age and stage in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And they will ruin your entire <laughs> life. I feel like I'm still trying to recover mm-hmm. from that relationship. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was. And so I was in this really toxic relationship with a really toxic person Mm -hmm. who was involved in everything but good things. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was in high school, and this was an adult. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear Mm -hmm. about the age difference, Mm -hmm. too. And and, and where I'm from, which is more more rural, Mm -hmm. the rules are just different. It happened here. It happened everywhere. You know? And I'm Mm -hmm. just like... Mm, looking back, that should have never yeah. happened, mm-hmm. but it did. Mm-hmm. And so this one particular night, because um, by this point, my mom was over me. She was just like, I don't care where you go. Just I'm just I'm tired of dealing with you because I will stay gone for days. I will skip school. Scott Scholar could not didn't even need to study, could pass a test, but don't want to go to school mm-hmm. because you're chasing this grown man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, mm-hmm. we're not going to go into too much mm-hmm. detail. Mm-hmm. But this one particular day, it was Mother's Day weekend of 20. Oh, one. So 2001. Was it 2002? 2001 or 2002. And my grandmother called me because I had been gone, missing the action for several days. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just want to see your face. Just come home so I can make sure you're okay. And I was like, well, I had this party to go. You know, because parties was everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the life. I have this party to go to. I hadn't planned to come home. But if I do, I'll call you. And she was like, I just, something isn't sitting right in my spirit. Mm-hmm. I, you need to come home. And I was like, well, my mama really doesn't want me home. And she was like, well, you can come over here. And your mom still loves you. Y'all just bumping heads. And I'm like, uh, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. That same night, that toxic ex-boyfriend and I was in a car accident that nearly killed killed him Mm. he had to have emergency brain surgery he literally died three times i have like if you look at this the scar Mm -hmm. that was one of the scars from my car accident along with the emotional and mental scars which i feel like was way more severe than the scars that i have to my body and i just thought about how my grandmother tried to save me And because I was a minor, I was 17, um, we went to the hospital in Suffolk to OBC because mm-hmm. I was the closest hospital to where the party was. And they said, how old are you? And I'm like, gosh, I want to tell them I'm 18. They're going to have to call my mom. I'm not emancipated. They're going to have to call my mom. And they called my mom, and it was legit like 2.30 in the morning, maybe 3 o'clock. And my grandmother had never gone to sleep. She had been up praying mm. and interceding on you. my behalf. Mm. So she still ended up saving mm-hmm. me, but just not the way that she probably hoped. Yes. She felt that she literally said to me hours before, I feel something in my spirit. Mm. And if I had just listened, mm-hmm. I could have avoided all because it messed me up. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't ride with anyone anymore because it was like all of this. I was afraid that something yeah. was going to happen. They had me on anxiety medication. Um, this was just a mess just trying to get my arm back functional. Mm-hmm. And I was homebound for the rest of that school year. Like it was traumatic. Mm-hmm. And But my grandmother still saved me. Mm-hmm. She never went to sleep. And she was in her 70s then, like mid-70s, well, early to mid-70s then, and she sat up because she said her spirit wouldn't rest. Mm. And she was like, I don't even know what's going to happen, but I'm praying against whatever it is. And I believe to this day, God bless and rest her soul, that her prayers interrupted heaven on my behalf and saved me because I was not willing to save myself. 
I believe it. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Like, when they got to the hospital, I just broke out crying. And my grandmother was like, don't cry. The Lord had you the whole time. And I was just like, you don't yeah. understand. And she was like, baby, it's okay. And I was just so, and that was when I kind of like the light bulb went off. And I was like, girl, you got to get yourself together. You out here being reckless. You are involved in stuff that you have no business being involved. You weren't raised that way. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. But it's that chasing and that is I don't know it's almost like a high that you just have to continuously get Mm -hmm. and you know it doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. and you know it's not healthy but you can't avoid it you can't you can't stop it's a drug it really is and that was my first eye-opening moment that really got my attention because other little things that got my attention but not to that degree and I was just like if he survives this surgery, I am out. He don't <laughs> never got to worry about me no more. And I was just like, no. I, uh, you know, I don't wish no bad on yeah. him, but I have to go. Yeah. I can't I can't stand this with you because one of us, we're not going to make it yeah. because it's too much toxicity. It's, it was just, it was too much going on. And I was too young mm. to be dealing with the situations I was dealing with. Yeah. I'm talking about. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about him because we don't speak about him anymore. But, um, but it's healing for someone else. It is. And that's what I was going to yeah. say. But your story can literally heal or save someone else. Yeah. So I was, I started dating him when I was 16. And I dated him until this happened a month before my 18th birthday. So nearly two years. Mm-hmm. This The type of things that I was dealing with was a lot of illegal activity. Mm-hmm. The man was making babies in our relationship, mm-hmm. was expecting me to have his babies at his house while he runs the street. And I'm like, I'm in high school. Mm. I was a cheerleader. I was in the band. I was in the beta club, the honor society, um, the the soda club, the Latin club. Like, I was in all of this stuff. And I was like, how did I get here? Mm. How did I end up in this situation yeah. that I couldn't get out of for two whole years? And it was just, it was such a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. So when I tell you I was young dealing with stuff I had no business dealing with, I was young dealing with stuff I had no business dealing with. Mm. And it's affected me to this day. I legit had nightmares of that relationship up until about five years ago. Mm. And we're talking about almost 20 years removed. And so it's it's been a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it has yeah. been a journey. Um, my husband, we've been together for, gosh, mm, I should be able to know this off the top of my head, <laughs> for 18 years this year. We've mm. been married for four. 14 years this year? Okay. 15 years this year. 15 years this year. Wow. Nice. And so he just started driving me places, like mm-hmm. long distance. Like, we just going to Target. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But when I'm talking about getting on the highway, driving for some hours, no, because I'm scared. Yeah. Man, he could not understand it for the life of me. He's like, I would never do anything to hurt you. You don't understand. You. This mm-hmm. is not about you. This is about me protecting yep. me. So we would jump in the car for a road trip. I have to drive the whole time mm-hmm. because I can't trust that nothing is going to happen to me yeah. if I give you that control. Mm-hmm. And it's about staying in control, yeah. which is not always healthy. Mm-hmm. That that level of control is actually very toxic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very unhealthy, it's actually. Exhausting. It is. It's, exhausting. it's so exhausting when you have to be in control of every single thing <laughs> with you, with the people around you, the things around you. Like, who wants to do that every day I just want to take a nap some days but it's just like I can't take a nap because I have to keep my eye on who has time I'm tired sis okay (laughs) I'm I'm tired but that was my life for so many years Mm -hmm. because of the decisions that I made from that wounded little girl Mm -hmm. you know and it was like she just kept showing up in my life and 
I didn't, it's, it took me a long time to realize that this stuff stems back from things that happened when I was a little girl, for things that happened when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. for things that happened when I was in high school, especially. Like, those years were rough, mm-hmm. and they just continued to show up in my life, so... When I tell you, it affects you in every single way, your mental yeah. health, your even your physical health. My doctor to this day believes, because I have fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. my doctor swears that she believes wholeheartedly, and she was not my doctor back then. She's only been my doctor since I've been in this area, which is about 15 years, mm-hmm. that the pain that I suffer with the fibro, because the fibro is widespread chronic pain that they have no cure for. Mm-hmm. And she believes it's because of all the trauma that mm-hmm. I held inside. I believe that. She oh, said, you know, science, right, she said science can say what they want to say. The medical professionals can say what they want to say. I'm telling you what I know to be true. Yeah. When you store that much trauma in your being, yeah. in your dwelling, in your body, what do you expect it to do over time? Mm-hmm. And so when she said it, I was like, that makes complete sense because it just showed up one day. and It's been relentless ever since. Mm-hmm. And so... um, Trauma is real. <laughs> it is real. People will try to minimize what you've gone through. And you can't let them. No. And if someone beside you, if you if you tell somebody, yeah, my dad used to beat me, and someone else says, well, I saw my dad shoot my mom, mm. it doesn't mean that your trauma is less than it's theirs. It's less important than theirs. It yeah. doesn't. Oh, and, less and traumatic. And it happens mm-hmm. so often. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well... That didn't happen to me, so mm-hmm. no, no, no. It's still wrong. It's still wrong. It's still wrong. Another thing that we do along those lines is yeah. we always say when things happen to us where it could be worse. Uh, that's what we do. That's us. What happens yeah. to you is still very real. And we always want to minimize it by saying, oh, well, this person is going through yeah. this or and that person has that mm-hmm. going on. What happens to you is still real. It's very real. And so that's one thing I do not let anyone in my life, in my circle, in my tribe say when they are going through something else. Like, girl, I'm not going to complain. It could be worse. It happened. Mm. It's real. Yeah. We are not going to minimize it. We are not going to sweep it under the rug. It happened. And that's one of the things that I think one of the most detrimental things that we have done generationally yes. is to minimize our trauma. And we've been taught that. Mm-hmm. We see our parents do it. You know, we mm-hmm. see our moms, our grandmas, mm-hmm. we see them do it, and mm-hmm. it's still not okay. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said. Some people, it shows up in pain. Some people, it shows up as cancer. Mm-hmm. And I tell people a lot, like, you can't harbor certain things like unforgiveness. No. That thing eats at you. It will tear your insides. It will tear literally. your heart. Li- literally. Understand that I truly believe that emotions are tied to uh, many sicknesses mm-hmm. that we have. I, I agree. Have. So I agree with your doctor. It's mm-hmm. not just, yeah, sometimes it's your bad eating habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some things are genetic. But a lot of things, mm-hmm. a lot of it is emotion and trauma mm-hmm. that is just left, like, sitting there. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to, sometimes we don't want to heal from it because it's that forgiveness. It's like... I'm letting you free of it. Mm. No, you're letting yourself free. Exactly. And that's what we are failing to do. We think that someone gets power mm-hmm. by releasing it within ourselves. Yeah. No, you're trying to live. Mm-hmm. Right? It's time for you to thrive and stop just surviving. Exactly. That is so good. And I completely believe that, too. When I look at you know, the things certain people go through, it's like, mm, it, it has to be connected. Like, I just believe yeah. there's a connection between our health and our emotional and yeah. mental well-being as well. I believe it wholeheartedly because mm-hmm. that thing showed up when I was 25 and it and it was just like, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. I literally went to bed one night fine 
and I woke up the next morning and my life has never been the same. Mm. And so it's like it has to be something because I don't eat meat. I'm a I eat as well as I can eat. Yeah. I try to exercise. I run. I do all the I do yoga and meditation. Yeah. It's like so I'm doing what I'm supposed to do on that end. Yeah. Why am I stuck with a chronic illness with no cure? Mm. It's because of the trauma that I I allow to fester in my life and we're going to talk about the forgiveness piece a little yeah, bit later yeah, we're going to we're going to dive deeper into that later but i think that plays a, a yeah. huge part in uh-huh. mm-hmm. we're going to get into that yeah. a little bit later though so we've talked about um the trauma in little girls how it shows up in our childhoods mm-hmm. and now we're going to talk about the broken women that we become mm-hmm. from the traumatic childhoods mm-hmm. broken women I, we can be as great as we want to be we can have all of the accolades but i promise you there's areas that are broken in our lives mm-hmm. it doesn't make you any less than mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from how wonderful you are but the brokenness is real. Yeah. The brokenness is real. So how how do our childhood traumas affect us into womanhood? We've talked about the different things and variations in childhood. But once we reach adulthood, once we reach womanhood, mm. I'm talking about full-blown, grown, yeah. working, um, taking care of your household. You could be married. You could be a parent. How does it show up in those avenues of our life? <laughs> so I think for me... One of the things that I experienced a lot um, when I was younger, I loved like relentlessly. Like I love with my whole heart. I'm still, I still have a servant's heart. I will give you the shirt off my back, mm-hmm. not knowing you. Mm-hmm. If you need something mm-hmm. and I'm able to survive, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to you. Okay. I've been that person. And what I realized, being that person to family members, to cousins who I just absolutely adored and mm-hmm. loved, and knowing that they didn't reciprocate that same feeling mm. and knowing what that pain felt like to know, like, you know, wow, I thought this cousin loved me. They never really loved me mm-hmm. as, as a little girl. I thought that, but they were dealing with their own mess mm-hmm. and my happiness reminded them of good times mm. wherein they weren't having good times. Gotcha. So, but in that moment, that's what I felt. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I began to build up this thing of don't mess with girls. You know, my mom would say, don't be around too many girls. You don't keep girls in your house. You don't mm-hmm. have too many girlfriends, mm-hmm. like all of that. And I just started build that momentum. Mm-hmm. And so I got to a point, like even in college, even even though I probably, I had a lot of different friends, but what I would do, and I saw my husband this a lot of times, my friends called me a friend whore. Mm-hmm. So instead of having consistent, deep relationships, I would have many surface relationships. Mm. And so, because I knew that I could do one or two things for you. Mm -hmm. I could be the greatest friend or I could be your worst enemy in the world. Mm -hmm. Because I learned with those pains and that trauma, Mm -hmm. I learned how to break people. I can mentally and emotionally break you down. I can too. I know how to cut you deep. Yes. And that's why I I pray every day. I don't want the old me to jump out of my back pocket because I can't control that chick. She is out of control. I can hurt you deeply. Yeah. I I get that. Yeah. And I've been in that situation and I I had a friend, someone who I thought was a friend, and I was telling her, you know, this is something that I've done. This is why I'm this way. This is why I'm so layered up. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there are several different layers to my friendship. And... I had a misunderstanding with one of her friends, and she said, I believe that you hurt her on purpose because of what you told me that you used to do. Mm. And I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm trying to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. transparent, 
you took that and used it against me instead of just hearing what I had to say mm -hmm. to make sure I wasn't trying to really hurt someone. Right. And so for me, that made me very surface. Mm -hmm. I have a few friends me who too. I am very, I have a safe place. We have a group chat called the safe place. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, it's that, that small group of friends that yeah. you are safe with. That's it. I get it. But anything else outside of that is just very, and I'll be with you and we hang out and you would think that the world, like I'm your best friend in the world. I'm going to give you all that energy when I'm there. But as far as telling you anything that's going to impact my life yeah. or my greatest joys mm -hmm. or my greatest struggles, mm -hmm. you'll never know. Yeah. Because that is the t that is what I built up. And so what I've done, when I get around those other women who have those same broken qualities mm -hmm. and I see it, I have to withdraw. Yeah. Because the, the girl in me who was hurt wants to attack and break them and embarrass them. I know. I know. <laughs> you want to be like, oh, so you want to hurt somebody else? Let me go ahead and hurt you. You are me and I am you. <laughs> yes. We can trade places here, okay? This is a, a trading places. Uh -huh. I get it. Yes. Like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Yes. And it's almost like I don't. It's almost kind of like I stay over here yes. because I know what could happen. Yes. I know the potential of what this could be. Yes. So let me just stay over here because over here is safe. <laughs> over here, I don't have the... I'm just going to stay over here. Yeah. And it's always like, you should get out more. You should socialize more. Mm -hmm. You should make more friends. You're, you have your podcast and mm -hmm. you have your brand and you have your business. And it's like, and I'm like, I just can't. Mm -hmm. I, I probably should. Mm -hmm. Networking will probably be great for everything that I'm working on. Me, the, the internal parts of me, yeah. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's still to this day. I have, like you said, my little safe space yes. and everything outside of that. I'm always side eyeing like what you and then it's, and then it's the trust part. It's almost like why are you being nice to me? Mm, what do you want to get? What are you? What mm -hmm. do you want from this encounter? Yeah. From this, why are you being nice to me? You don't know me. Why are you being so courteous? It's always like you think people have ulterior motives I all the time. And sometimes they do, and they do. I was gonna say, and it's not because they don't all the time. Sometimes they do, yes. and I just feel like we've built up this. I don't know. It's almost like a a sense that mm -hmm. you can kind of weed them out yes, yes and that's real and i and i do that and i think the in the one instance where i i try not to so you have this intuition right we all do and it tells us stay away yes and because i am so standoffish mm -hmm. i find myself sometimes like all right let me just give it a try mm -hmm. not listening mm -hmm. and then i found myself in a friendship where i was manipulated so bad in this friendship that mm. I didn't even hear my own thoughts anymore. Mm. Like, I couldn't think for myself. Everything that I did, I had to run it through a friend. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not even married to this chick. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And I had to back myself away. And I told her, I have to back away from you because I can't even hear myself anymore. I've lost myself mm -hmm. confiding in you. And some people will be able to sit back and pick and understand, study you. Mm -hmm. They know all the things that make you tick, mm -hmm. what makes you happy. And mm -hmm. they'll use those things. To make you feel good if you're not healed. I'm trying to tell you. And and you'll and you'll find yourself losing who you are for someone else. I'm telling you, you'll lose you chasing that. Yeah. Chasing that feeling, chasing that person, chasing Girl, I, you are. It's like you're telling my life story, <laughs> yes. and we just met, so she doesn't know anything yeah. about me. But it's like you're telling yeah. my life story. I'm over here, like, yeah, I get it. That's that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. And it's in it with my. With other people around me, I try because I was raised with give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And I try. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. But sometimes the feeling is so strong where you just know. 
I can't give you the benefit of the doubt because I feel it. Mm -hmm. Just being in your presence Mm -hmm. just does something to me and it drains me. (laughs) So this person can ha ha and kiki in your face. I can't do it. So let me, let me just go ahead and exit stage love. I will leave Mm -hmm. if I'm too uncomfortable. I just, I can't stay in those places anymore because I stayed in them too long already. Mm -hmm. And God has a sense of humor because I feel like, for me, and like I said, growing up, like I have, all, I grew up with all brothers. I have a stepsister, but I grew up in the house with only my brothers. Mm. And my, my mom has two, I have two biological brothers, and then my stepbrother, he lived with us. So I've grown up as the only girl in the house. Okay. And so having that feeling, like I've always hung out with guys. Like I've been the girl's guy, like mm-hmm. always just with guys. So I never sought out. I would have never, if you had told me. When I was seven, eight, nine, ten, even if you told me at twenty mm-hmm. that I would be working with women and girls, I would laugh at at you. Isn't that, that ironic? Exactly. I was going to say that is your ministry, and it's like you want to host a podcast specifically for women, girl. What? Like what? You look at everything that you have had to work through with your relationship with women, and this is where I end up too. I'm telling you, it's like it it chases you down, but I believe that those experiences help propel us into our purpose. It does, and I think what it's teaching me now Mm -hmm. is to give people grace. (gasps) That's it. Same grace that God gives me. Yes, I have to to extend to others because yes, they may piss me off when they bully somebody else, and yes, they may piss me off if they say something smart to me or out the way. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't come from a place of it's about me. It's not about me. It's about that brokenness. It's that brokenness. And if I can move past that out of my own ego, then I can really, really pursue my ministry like I'm supposed to. So. Yes, I am a friend whore, but what I've learned in that mm-hmm. is that in the moments that I'm with those people that need me, mm-hmm. I'm going to be with those people. Exactly. So I need a retreat, I will. You will. And I have to understand that everybody isn't going to be my best friend. That's true. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. And that goes further than just friendships. That's yeah. family as yes. well. Yes, yes, Lord. That <laughs> extends into family <laughs> dynamics as well. Yes. You know, um, my family is, is pretty... Is, uh, it's strange, I'm going to say, because mm-hmm. my grandmother was the glue that held everybody together. Mm-hmm. And oh, so when she too. left in twenty in 2016, it was like, what are we supposed to do now? Because we really don't like each other. Mm-hmm. We really don't get along. Yeah. We only did that out of respect for grandma. And now she's gone. And, and what's so sad is that as I became older, I realized how toxic some of my family members were. Mm-hmm. And it took me back to childhood. And some of the most traumatic things that happened in my childhood was with those same family members now who are difficult and who are um, just always so, um, it's just always ready for a, a fight or a confrontation yeah. with me. And I'm not bothering you. Mm-hmm. I could be doing nothing. And they're going to be like, well, I remember when you did such and such. It's like, I'm over here <laughs> eating over? my food. What are you talking about from 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. And so I honestly have some family members that I love from a distance Mm -hmm. because I can't love them closely. I just can't. Um, I remember uh, we had a blizzard. It was like, was that 96 or 95? (laughs) 96 blizzard. You remember that blizzard? (laughs) It was, it was, that alone was traumatic. Okay. Can we just talk about the blizzard of 96? I always go back to that. And people were like, you remember, how could you forget? It was a traumatic experience. Everybody remembers the blizzard of 96, okay? Mm -hmm. Here in Virginia is what I'm talking about specifically. Mm -hmm. I was... 
12 years old mm-hmm. then and in the country where I'm from Dominion Power is not in a rush to get your electricity oh, back on mm-hmm. they're going to get the major cities back on first mm-hmm. and they're going to get the other towns on first then they're going to hit these little rural roads and stuff yeah. girl they don't care about your power being out mm-hmm. I, I remember our power being out for about three and a half weeks mm-hmm. and it was just like this cannot be cold. it's cold it was cold Cold, mm-hmm. Okay. Granted, being in the country, my grandmother had a wood stove. Mm-hmm. So we would just have to go outside and get the wood. Yeah. And it's ice and snow everywhere. But that particular blizzard is also so memorable because I come from a family of alcoholics as mm-hmm. well. The reason I don't drink today. Mm-hmm. Not that I've never drank, yeah. but it's the reason why I no longer drink. Yeah. And the blizzard of 96, my grandmother had a gas stove to cook with mm-hmm. and a wood stove to heat the house. So everyone ended up at my grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about it was probably about 30 people in her house. Mm-hmm. Um, cousins and aunts and uncles and their children and neighbors, everyone, because she had a deep freezer full of food and she didn't want to go bad, so she cooked everything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, eat this food up. I don't want it to go bad. My uncle and my cousin had had too much to drink. Mm-hmm. We don't have power, so we are using oil lanterns. Mm-hmm. They started arguing. The arguing turned into a fight. The fight turned into the um, lanterns falling over, catching the tablecloth of the table on fire, Mm. the table going up in flames, my grandfather's sleeve being caught on fire, the door being knocked off the hinges, everything in the the eating part of the kitchen was ablaze. And they still fighting. And they were still fighting. Mm. And I just remember being a little girl being terrified that, number one, I was thinking we're all going to die in the house because it's a fire. And I see adults over there trying to put the fire out. But as a little girl, you just see fire. You see adults um, under the influence of alcohol, drunk and fighting. You see your grandfather's sleeve go up. It was traumatic. And I remember my grandmother literally grabbing me and she tucked me like around the kitchen counter so I could no longer see what was happening. And she kneeled down and she was like, it's going to be okay. Just breathe. It's going to be okay. And then she literally jumped into action. But I remember that so vividly Mm -hmm. because those were the things that would happen when my family would get together and drink too much. Mm -hmm. You didn't know what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so the blizzard itself was traumatic enough. But then you have a fight that starts a house fire. So now you have the fire department putting out a fire at your house during a blizzard. Wow. Traumatic. And those are the same relatives now where I'm like, ah, it's a pattern. I see it now. I didn't understand it then. But the same things are happening. I have to love you from over here. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with And there's nothing wrong with protecting yourself, doing what's best for you in those situations. So that's why I say it goes further than just friendships. That goes into families because, baby, my family Mm -hmm. is quite challenging. So sorry, guys. We had a little small technical issue, but it has been resolved and we are back. So we were just wrapping up um, how the um, brokenness shows up in us as adults from our childhoods. Now we're going to start a different part of the conversation. I feel like this part is really important. Mm -hmm. I asked Dr. L to write a letter to her younger self. Mm -hmm. You care to share? (laughs) So for me, my to my younger self, mm-hmm. I would say thank you, mm. right? And yes. I feel like thank you is enough because I feel like um, you were not given the proper care that you needed, and mm-hmm. it wasn't at the 
it wasn't that your parents couldn't. They just did what they knew how to do. They did the best they could. They did the best that mm-hmm. they could. And I know people say that, and it sounds so cliche, but sometimes it's just the honest truth. It really is. Yeah. It's the honest truth. But I would say thank you because you were a brave girl. You were able to escape things. You were able to protect me from memories that I don't know and don't want to remember. Mm. And... That's it. Simply mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. I think that's enough. My grandmother will always tell me when you don't know how to pray, just say thank you. Yes. <laughs> she will always say, if you don't know what to yes. pray, you just say thank you. Yes. That encompasses everything that it you does. need to get off your heart. It, it, it Thank you is like a complete sentence. Yes. Just and like I, no is. I've never said thank you. <sighs> I've never said that before until wow. this moment. And really? So having this conversation with you today, I... I think it was just like, you know, you were only a girl. Like, I always had an excuse, but no, you were a strong girl. Mm-hmm. And though I hate the word strong yeah. because people are like, oh, I'm a strong woman. Mm-hmm. In order to be strong, you have to experience a whole lot of stuff, That's right? That's true. But you were that. Mm-hmm. You had no choice, and you you made it happen. Mm-hmm. You were resilient. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't something that you needed to do because mm-hmm. you could have just become, you know, whatever to whatever your environment was. Right. But I thank her because... If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be Dr. L. Harris. Like, I wouldn't have experienced, like, everything, traumatic or not, has mm-hmm. worked out for my good. Mm-hmm. But that little girl saved my life. Absolutely. And so that is just a thank you that needs to be said. How does the adult you, the woman, mm-hmm. Dr. L, feel telling your younger self thank you? Did girl, any emotion come up at I all? Or? I want to break down and cry. Uh-huh. Listen, it'll, I have cried on this podcast so many times. Can we talk about it? I'm a cancer, so I'm a natural crier anyway. I cry a lot, but I have cried my ass out of here, so I get it. But I was just wondering, because you said that was the first time you've ever Never said, said that. Before. So I was just wondering moment. how that made you feel. It feels good for me. I just wanted to feel good for, for her. her. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that right there is going to take some reflection. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, it's God. I, I've that's a that's a healing moment within itself. Literally, yeah, that was powerful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The love letter to your younger self is thank you. Yeah, I believe so many women are going to resonate with your thank you because we need to go back and thank our younger selves. Yeah. And be gentle with her. Be gentle. Be kind to her. Yeah, she's just a child. She doesn't. She just. Doing what she thinks is the best thing mm-hmm. to do. There is nothing wrong with her. Mm. Nothing. She was a child. She cannot. We don't even form our full mind until we're 25. I was going to say. You know. So, and to think about children being in situations. Mm-hmm. How, what else? What can you do? What can you really yeah. do? You know. You cannot. You're not even a full, fully developed human brain. Human being. Yeah. One, so all our whole years, they don't even count. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's like they kind of like, happen, no, but we, not really no, because we were count. not fully developed yet. <laughs> we Ladies, did you hear that? Just erase it. Erase it, it, it never it happened. Count. Take the names off the list. The numbers have gone <laughs> Take down. The names off the list. Take the names off the list. Turn the list. The numbers have gone down. Okay, you have gotten permission from Dr. L. Harris. Oh my God! It doesn't good. count. We oh, were God, not. The numbers have gone down. The numbers have gone down. Take the names off the list, okay? The whole phase map happened, but it was not real because you were not a fully developed human being. Your brain was not even developed to be making conscious decisions. Mm-hmm. 
Listen, when you think about it, it's like, oh, okay. That's a healing right there. I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> when you look back on those years and you can take some stuff off that list, you're just like, oh, girl, I was out here. But guess what? God is real, and I'm I'm, I'm grateful. So, yes, <laughs> as you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, yes, if any gentlemen are listening, the, the names are off the list. Take them off. If you were not a fully developed human being, take them off the yep. list. They do not count. I'm mm-hmm. taking that into my life for right. real. Seriously, like, I'm being though. serious with serious. you. I know we're saying it kind of jokingly. But it's real. But it's real. it's real. The decisions we made before we were fully developed humans. What? Yeah. And for some of us, we were making serious, like we had to make like life-changing, life-altering Life-changing. decisions. And how can you, if your brain is not even fully developed? And we beat ourselves up for it. I made this mistake, and I beat myself, and I wasn't able to do this. I wasn't able to go to college at this age. And do, you don't even, you were surviving, You honey. were surviving. You were surviving. You were just doing what you thought was bad. Listen, you just healed a part of me, because I always feel like, girl, you knew better. I would say you mm-hmm. were so smart that you was no. dumb. And it's just like, girl, you were 16. What yeah, was you supposed you to do? You were a child. My brain was Even not developed. You were a child. Your brain okay. Was that toxic relationship that I mentioned at the yeah. onset of this what conversation. Toxic what toxic relationship? <laughs> Who? I don't even know that person. Who I wouldn't know that? that man if I saw him in the street. Is that what Kiki Palmer said? <laughs> I don't know this man. <laughs> I don't know this man. <laughs> Sorry to that man. Sorry to that man. Exactly. Sorry to that man. But seriously. Yeah. yeah. Girl, you just. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to resonate with anybody else, but you just healed a Heal part of too. me that I needed. I'm, I'm legit, like, making that a real thing in yeah. my life. If it happened before my brain was fully developed, guess I what? I can't help you. I, I, sorry. Yeah. What, what you want me to yeah. do? And if you were hurt as a result of that, I apologize. I, I apologize for hurting you. Yeah, I wasn't fully developed. I wasn't yet. fully developed. You just changed the game. Mm-hmm. You Listen, you should. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> I just like the numbers are going down. <laughs> the numbers are going down. <laughs> it's real out here in these streets. The numbers are going down. It's just, yes. That, that just sounds like a marketing campaign. Yeah, you need to do something with Listen, that. Listen, you have the person that can help that happen, okay? You yeah. have the marketing guru and genius as your spouse. We need to have a conversation when this yes. is over, yes. okay? Yes. Okay, yes. so, okay, we're going to get back on track, but that yes. was good. Yes. Like, you freed me. I was over yes. here like, what type of relationship? <laughs> What what boyfriend? Yep. Girl, you know, don't know him. I don't know him. Sorry to, Sorry to that man. I wouldn't know him if I passed him in the street. I wouldn't know him. <laughs> because almost 37-year-old me doesn't yep. know that man from 16-year-old me. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. No. Who is he? No, no, no. You can't even comprehend. <clears throat> you can't even your mind isn't now you're here. Come now on. It's develop. Shh. This is a different mindset because this person, 36, 37 year old me, would have never talked Would have to me never. Fathom. Never. Ever. <laughs> would have never. Would have it. crossed the street when I saw you coming. Yep. Would have never. Okay, Where are you just. We can't. Podcast over. <laughs> Episode is over. Thank you, Dr. L, for coming by. I appreciate you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule. I just think we can end. What else do we need to yeah. talk about? We just free so many chains yes. that have been holding us yes. in bondage, especially those of us who have shame around those years. Yes. No shame. Either. No shame. No shame. None. Either. Girl. Okay. That was good. I'm sorry. It's taking me a minute to come back down from that because... You yeah, you healed me over here. I appreciate you. Um, that was real. That was real. <laughs> that was real. Okay, sorry. We're gonna get back. Okay, yeah. let's let's get back to it. Okay.
So what can we do? I said we were going to talk about forgiveness a little further in the episode. Mm -hmm. Now's the time. The forgiveness part is not easy. I'm going to tell you Mm -hmm. from experience, forgiving people that have hurt you, and I mean hurt you deeply. Mm -hmm. How does one even begin to forgive people Mm -hmm. for what they've done to them? Mm -hmm. So that it doesn't fester in our bodies causing other issues down the road like and then we're going to break down what forgiveness is so i don't know whether you want to start with what forgiveness is and then break down how do we get there or however you want to do it Mm -hmm. there's so many ways we can go about this Mm -hmm. forgiveness forgiveness it is the release it's like when you go out to the or whatever you know when people light the lanterns and they just let it go right mm-hmm. it's the release of that and it's actually seeing it disappear it's actually seeing it float away mm-hmm. because I think sometimes it's easy to say forgive like in relationships people want to forgive because they want to just hurry up and move past it mm-hmm. but forgiveness is is not just the it's yes it's the it's the affirming of I'm letting this go mm-hmm. it doesn't mean the memories disappear right because the memories will still be there mm-hmm. but forgiveness is the actual saying this thing this person mm-hmm. the situation no longer has power in my life to to paralyze me that's it that's it right there that is done mm-hmm. I may still deal with it I may still have some scar tissue around it, mm-hmm. but it will no longer paralyze me. Mm. And that's all that you're saying. I'm not saying that what you did to me wasn't wrong. Right. But what I am saying is you don't get to control me moving forward in life. Mm-hmm. What do you think the stigma around forgiveness comes from? Because I think for so many of us, especially um, for our culture, our mm-hmm. community, forgiveness was almost like if I forgive you, that minimizes what you did to me. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Like, how did we get there? That we harbor all of this resentment against those who have hurt us and traumatized us. Mm. I don't like to blame women for stuff. But I feel like if you look at just TV, right, mm-hmm. entertainment, mm-hmm. There's this, they show this woman who's cheated on, right? Okay. And she forgives him. She takes him back. Mm-hmm. And then she throws it in his face, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that we see all the time. So then what do we do? We start to accept like, oh, this happened to her. We can get through it. We can... Mm. Jay-Z and Beyonce I'll use that for an example Mm -hmm. I love Jay-Z I love Beyonce I I stand both of them Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. and so we think about that relationship because Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce it's okay for my man to cheat on me because if if Beyonce was cheated on I heard that yeah if Jay cheated on B then other women don't stand a chance basically exactly I've heard that right yeah so I gotta forgive him because they forgave and they moved forward hold on sis so Jay-Z and Beyonce, that's cool. You know, God bless you, move forward. I was going to say, God but bless you. But I'm not Jay-Z and Beyonce. Nope, not at all. And we talked about that trauma earlier. So what I'm going to do is mm-hmm. seek revenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we going to have some cheating? Because mm-hmm. oh, now, now you're stirring up my trauma now. <laughs> yeah, we, we can both play some cheating games. And I'm going to cut you deep. And I'm going to cut you deep. I'm going to cut you deep. As we talked about. As we discussed. Right. So why even play those games? Mm-hmm. But I think what we have to do is stop paying attention to what we've seen. Or the things that we hear people say, like, you know, I can forgive, but I don't forget. You can forget if you want to. Mm-hmm. You can. Mm-hmm. You can change the story. Mm-hmm. You can move on past the narrative. You don't have to keep focusing on it and talking about it mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't do those things. So I think what happens is we just see what someone else is doing, and then we end up mimicking that in our lives. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes this pattern, this history of 
this is what we always do. We take people back, but then we throw it in their face. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, because we've seen it. We yeah. just we just replicate what we see. It's generational. Yes. I think because we're in the same age group, mm-hmm. and I think it's safe to say that you probably know some people that is going to um, correlate with what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. When we look at the elders mm-hmm. in our community or in our families, yeah. it was always the man who... I just know so many older men who had separate families. <laughs> Several okay. families. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the women who um, pacified that behavior. And it's like, that's it's generational yeah. because then your children are seeing what you did and then they accept the same behavior in their relationships and yeah. their marriages. And then those children see, we have to stop. We have to stop that cycle. Yes, because what they say, a man's going to be a man, and a man isn't supposed to be, um, he's not supposed to be monogamous. Well, why, if he wasn't, isn't supposed to be, well, why am I monogamous? Then why do we have to be? Can't, uh, hello, equal rights? Like, I don't understand. If you want to be in these streets, then yes. daggone it, the woman can be too. Absolutely. If you don't want her in the streets, don't you be in the streets. Absolutely. It's simple. We make things complicated. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. You listen. I I I've seen it. Whole separate yeah. families across town. But I think I I think if we look back and talking about it generation generationally, our grandparents and great grandparents they forgave and moved forward because he was still a good man. He still made sure we had food. He still provided for the household. He provided. Mm-hmm. I may have to babysit the other woman's child and bring them home, but you know he's just doing the best that he can, as we stated. Because his daddy was this way, but at least he didn't leave me. Mm. At least he's still there. Because mm. what do we all want? We want, out of anything else in the world, I tell people this all the time, mm-hmm. the number one thing that we want as women mm-hmm. is to feel safe. That's it. You can go out and cheat on me, but if I feel safe in your protection and I know that you are going to cover me and all my basic needs are met and that you're going to come home and lay beside mm-hmm. me, and I'm protected from whatever I think may harm me. You're more likely to turn an eye. I'm more likely to turn an eye. I'm wow. more likely to forgive and let it go and just tolerate. So you can forgive and not tolerate, too. That's true. <laughs> you can forgive and not tolerate. And I Absolutely. Think our, our thing with forgiveness is when we think about those type of situations, like now you're looking at a woman who grew up in the 90s and in the, the 1000s, in the early 1000s, and I'm like, I'm not putting up with what my grandma put up with. Absolutely crazy, not. Because I'm not doing that. Not doing it. Like, I'm not going to put up with that. And so that rage will make me say, I'm not going to forgive him if he did that to me. Because now I don't want to be you because mm-hmm. I look at that as a weakness. Mm-hmm. So that may cause people to resent forgiving. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, if I forgive you, then I'm just like my grandmother. Yeah, I'm, I'm continuing the cycle. Yeah. I'm, mm. And that's not fair to you. That's, that's not. not. You, you can forgive mm-hmm. and let it go because that doesn't mean that every man is that man. That's true. Or every woman who harmed you is that next woman. That's true. So you have to be able to look at everyone with a different eye. Mm-hmm. Understand what you've experienced. Mm-hmm. And if anything comes along that looks like that, think about it first. Mm-hmm. Don't just automatically attack and say, oh, you doing what the last man said. He mm-hmm. said the same thing, you know, because sometimes we can go there too. Mm-hmm. But um, being able to fully process that. And if you can't do it by yourself. Call somebody. Call yeah. a therapist. Yeah. Call a friend that's mm-hmm. reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, you we have to do that because forgiveness is the only way that we will be healthy 
inside. Literally. And I think um, also it says sometimes we have to forgive people who are not sorry or who never apologize. Or who will never admit they did anything wrong. To ever did anything to you in the first place. Yeah. You know, we have situations that have occurred to us and the person who harmed us will swear up and down that they didn't do it. And (laughs) it's like, I was there. What do you mean? I know what happened. I was there. So... I just think I I think what I'm trying to say is forgiveness is a one all for all. Like you may never get the apology that you deserve. You may never get to hear that person say, I hurt you and yeah. I'm sorry, I harmed you, I apologize, forgive me. Yeah. But it is still your responsibility to forgive them regardless. Yes. To forgive them in spite of um what happened and them never owning up to it and them never apologizing and that is challenging and you don't even have to go to them and say i forgive you right it doesn't have to be a verbal Mm -hmm. like conversation nope you can forgive them on your own and keep it moving yep they don't even have to know that you've forgiven them Mm -hmm. that forgiveness is for you it's not for them it's for you like you said to free you from that bondage of the trauma that you experienced so we want to encourage everyone listening to do two things because we see we got carried away with with our conversation. <laughs> we were also supposed to encourage you to write a letter to your yes. younger self. Yes, please. And Dr. L's letter, I think, um, was encouragement enough to know that we need to go back and write letters to our older selves. Her letter to her younger self was thank you. Mm-hmm. So you have homework from this episode. I want you to, well, I'm encouraging you to go back and write a letter to your younger self. And we also want to... Um, I don't want to say challenge you, but I don't want to keep saying encourage either. But can we motivate you? Mm -hmm. Can we inspire you to forgive a person that you haven't forgiven? Mm -hmm. To someone who has hurt you, that has caused trauma that you have held on to for a week, a month, a year, 10 years. 20 25. years, 25, 30, <laughs> like it runs deep. Yeah. So however many years, um, forgive them. Yeah. Forgive them. And like you said, it doesn't have to be, we need to sit down and have a conversation. It could be you releasing that and keeping it moving. In the shower. I feel like my deepest moments come in the shower. <sighs> Get in the, the shower and say, I forgive. You can cry in the Listen, air. I would say the crying <laughs> and carrying on that happens in my shower. <laughs> The whole yeah. ugly cry happens yeah. in the shower. Mm-hmm. But it's something about the water yeah. as you are releasing. Yes, it's it's really like different. cleansing you. It's like you're yes. releasing and then the water is cleansing. Yes. Oh, yes. Get in the shower, ladies, and, and forgive and, and release. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell yes, you, and purify. that water is going to purify and cleanse yes. you once you release it, once you stop holding on to it. And that is not, again, not to minimize what happened to mm-hmm. you. Is for you to be healthier emotionally and mentally and physically yeah. and spiritually moving forward. Yeah. That's what that is going to do for you. That's good. Mm. That's good. I want to go take like a eucalyptus shower. Listen, I was going to say, <laughs> listen, whatever mm-hmm. makes your showers amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just turn some music on. Trust us on this, okay? Because mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. crying goes on in my shower. Yeah. And it just it's a release that I don't think I can get if I was just sitting on my bed oh, or if I was in my yeah. car. It's something different about that release it's and the water. It really is a purifying yeah. experience. It's like I'm detoxing. I'm letting this. That's what it is. And, and it's the, like the a emotions detox. is being like released. 
down the drain. All the way. And you yeah. see them. You can physically you see, see it, it mm-hmm. go down the drain. Yes. That's the part right there. Yeah. You see it. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. That's real good. Okay. So, every episode, you know, we have a meme segment where I go out and I find memes that resonate with the topic. I found two because this topic was just so near and dear to um, both Dr. L and my heart. So we're going to talk about them both. The first one is specifically for our culture, for African-Americans, for people who identify as people of color or black, however you choose to identify. But this is something specifically that I have seen generationally in my family um, and that I also know exists in a lot of other families. And I think it. It, it, it extends past our culture, and it, I know it happens in other families, but this is geared towards our particular culture, okay? It says, black people sweep a lot of things under the rug for the mm-hmm. sake of family. Oh. oh, that's just how such and such is. Abusive, emotionally manipulative, and vindictive. Y'all playing cards so much. Y'all like playing cards so much. Let's call a spade a spade. Mm. My grandma used to always say, let's call a thing a thing. Okay, <laughs> so this is basically the same thing. This yeah. is saying, since we like to play cards so much because we, we love our card games, mm-hmm. let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. Choose your mental health. And this says all of 2021. I want you to choose it for your life, for your duration on mm-hmm. this on this green earth. So I'm going to say that again because I was stumbling because it's real. It says black people sweep a lot of things under the rug for the sake of family. Oh, that's just how such and such is. They are abusive, emotionally manipulative, and vindictive. Y'all like playing cards so much. Let's call a spade a spade. What can you say to that point Mm -hmm. about the things that we sweep under the rug, the excuses we make for people when they um, are harmful? Mm -hmm. What can we say to that? I think it goes back to what you said earlier about being able to love people from a distance mm-hmm. because I feel like we have that, oh, that's just Uncle Jumba, you know, that's just what he do. He gone, that's just your grandma, you mm-hmm. know, she been like that since she was born, mm-hmm. right? you know, she just nasty, mm-hmm. you just got to tolerate it. But no, no, but no, you no. really don't. You don't. You don't. And and this is your business. We don't tell people outside the house our business. Who? That's a good one. <laughs> what happens in this house stays, stays in this house. house. Do yeah. you know how toxic that is? Yeah, that's that means that I don't have the ability to tell someone that I'm hurting, that I'm being harmed, that I'm being harmed. I got to keep it to myself. And then you wonder why. 20 years down the line, why didn't you ever tell me? Because what stays in this house, what happens in the house stays, stays in, this, in house, this house. And I know that your boyfriend paid the bills, so I couldn't tell you what he was doing to me. You know? Because if that, if you put him out, then how is how the bills going to get paid? How are we going to survive? Yeah. Girl, you preach so it to the it's choir. it's all of those things. We sweep it because that's just, we're taught to do that. Mm-hmm. Which is so, it's so interesting to me how we can be so, um, we can be so forgiving to who to our family who harms us yeah right mm-hmm. the same people that harm us we can be so forgiving and we stand up like someone say we all stand up in agreement but we can't have a healthy conversation to get rid of it's just like nope that's how they always been yep. nope she on drugs yep. let's nope we ain't gonna deal with that mm-hmm. we're just gonna let that be because mm-hmm. that's just how it's always been that is so real. so dangerous so unhealthy so 
so dangerous and unhealthy, and I want us to stop. Yeah. Well, the joker is that we need to throw down the spade. That we <laughs> there need to it is, because we playing spades. <laughs> so she just threw down the big joker. Okay. What we need to understand is no, this is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay that you're nasty. Nope. It's not okay that you say I look like my daddy because you hated him. Mm. It's not okay that you always drunk when I come around. It's not okay that you steal jewelry from everybody because you a crack it. It's not okay. It's not okay. You see, look, you you just you just you just hit a note with me when you said it's not okay for you to say I look like my father because you hated him. Yep. Do you know how often mm-hmm. I was always told you look and act just like your father, mm-hmm. knowing how toxic yeah, that relationship was? And so yeah. it was like, well, what does that really mean? Yeah. What are you really saying about me? Mm-hmm. You are saying I'm like him. Mm-hmm. You look at me the same way you look at him. Yeah. And I don't think I. Oh, Listen, I'm going to have the whole have a whole conversation with my mama when this is over. And I don't think it's the intentional harm, but it was still harmful. Yeah. And she was just triggered because she hadn't forgiven him and ah. the spitting image of him. Literally, and I really am. And yeah. so I understood it, but it was like, but I already know how you feel about him and how yeah. you look at him. So when you say those things to me, that's harmful yeah. to me because I'm looking at you like, so you look and feel the same way about me as you do him, but I'm not him. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and that's sometimes you have to say, I am not him. I'm not. I'm not. Listen. I'm the beautiful gift that came between a reckless situation. Come on. And that's a whole affirmation. Come on. A whole affirmation. I'm, I'm the beautiful gift that came from a reckless situation, and you know what? That's okay. And that's okay. And we're not going to sweep it under the rug because I'm here. I am here. And my situation and what I've healed from is going to help someone else. So I'm not going to hide and tell people what, not tell them what happened mm-hmm. and where I came from and that he was married. Why would I do that? I have just been, I think, um, strong enough, mm-hmm. brave enough, confident enough maybe mm-hmm. to say that mm-hmm. in my recent years. Yeah. That has been something I've hidden like deep yeah. within because it was like I don't want... You know, to make my mom look bad mm-hmm. or I don't want her to be embarrassed. Yeah. But it's like two adults, fully developed adults, uh-huh. made a decision. Yeah. And I'm the product of that decision. Yeah. And I have nothing to be ashamed about. Nope. What do I have to be ashamed about? Nothing. Whew, listen. Just, that whole all things work together for my for, good. Mm-hmm. So I then take my experience. I take the hurt that I feel. I take the shame that I felt from it. I take the lack of being a part of all family functions of his. Mm-hmm. I take all of that and say, little girl who's going through the same thing, mm-hmm. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. And let me tell you how I got through it. Yep. Yeah, it was painful. Yeah, it was, but you are not anything bad. You mm-hmm. are not. Mm-hmm. There is nothing wrong with you. You are good in spite of. In spite of. In spite of. Mm-hmm. Yep. So good, Dr. L. So mm-hmm. good. Not sleeping out another rug. We are not. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we lifting up the rug. Matter of yes. fact, pull the whole rug up. <laughs> we need to get rid of this rug that's been here since we were little children. Yes. Get rid of the rug. Yes. And everything that's up under it, yeah, we need to go ahead and talk about those. And we're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it ends with our generation. Yeah. I really believe that we're the generation that's calling stuff out. Oh, yeah. And the elders in our family are not used to that. <laughs> and they are feeling like we're being disrespectful and we're not honoring them. But it's like, no, we are tired yeah. of the same old, same old. And what happens is, so like you were talking earlier about your family. So my mom, my mom is, has 10 brothers and sisters, okay. right? Well, actually 11. It's 10 of them and then she has a half brother. Okay. So my grandmother, she died in 1987. She Mm -hmm. was like your grandmother. She was the glue. Mm -hmm. They kept everybody together. together. Mm -hmm. So imagine how my family has been since 87, right? My grandmother had a situation. My grandfather was very toxic. He abused her. He beat her so bad that her eye was 
messed up. She had a glass eye, right? Mm-hmm. Set the house on fire, set the stove on fire, left all the kids in the house to die. Like, that type of grandfather. Wow. So, um... My mom and them, they've been through a lot of traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. They went to foster care. They were all split up for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And no one's ever healed that trauma. Wow. And I remember, because if you look at them now, what my family has done is they've masked religion and they've used that to be their new God. And we talk and, about um, that. Which is so dangerous because you got to know God for yourself. I was going to say, religion absolutely. Part, right? And so... But it made them something. It made me a person. It made mm-hmm. me feel like something mm-hmm. because I have a title as a pastor mm-hmm. or minister or whatever that mm-hmm. may be. But I remember we were having a family meeting one day, and I said in the meeting, I said, y'all need to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. I said, because what has happened is you have severe traumatic situations that have happened in your life that you have not healed from, that you have swept under the rug. And what you've done is you've dropped that down to our generation to fix and heal. Yes. And the worst part about being a generational curse breaker is you got to carry that crap from everybody from the past. You have to pick up the cross and carry it because no one before you has done it. No one has done it. And it's heavy. It's heavy. I really think it's our generation because I'm literally going through the same thing with my family. Mm -hmm. It's our generation. It is. And we're tired. Like you said, we're tired. Exhausted. Exhausted. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, <laughs> the second meme, we've kind of discussed it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about forgiveness. It says forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. I, I mean, you've basically already touched on it, but if you care to share anything else about that. But, yeah, the forgiveness at the end of the day, what we want you to take from the forgiveness piece is that it is for you. Yes, it is. It is for you and for you only. It is not for the other person that harms you or hurt you. It is for you. It's for you to be released. The affirmation for this week is, I am not a victim. I am a survivor. Mm -hmm. Um, What can we say about victim mentality? (laughs) So listen, there are so many victims perpetrating as survivors. Mm. And I say that in the sense of they're going to tell you their story a million times. Everywhere mm-hmm. they go, they got to tell you what they've been through, what mm-hmm. they overcome. Mm-hmm. But, honey, what I realized is when you overcome something as a survivor, yes, you survived it. Mm-hmm. But it's not a badge of honor. It's not a woe is me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of victims will walk, walk around saying, hey, guys. We're just having a normal conversation. I just met you. Now I got to tell you everything I've been through in life. Yeah. Because now I need you to feel sorry for me. I need you to be intrigued by my story. Mm-hmm. I'm not fully recovered from that if that's the only thing that I feel like I have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes people don't want to move from victim to survivor because their story, their life is tied in the victimization. And so if I'm no longer a victim, who else am I? Mm-hmm. Who else am I? Their identity no is identity. wrapped up in the... Oh, that I have no other sense. identity. That makes sense. But that means you just create the story. It's now it's time to live. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what I was telling you earlier about how, for me, getting all these accolades mm-hmm. didn't feel good. Every time I achieved something, mm-hmm. it was like, ugh. Because I was doing this so that I would feel worthy. Mm-hmm. I would feel accepted by my family. They wouldn't see me as the girl who they discounted out who had ugly shoes and didn't have a lot of money and yeah. was poor. Yeah. I was able to say, I'm better than I'm better than y'all. Look at everything I, I have done. Stop. Look at the stuff I own. Look mm-hmm. at my red bottoms. Mm-hmm. For what? Mm. Because I was I just had to show you mm-hmm. instead of living for me. Yeah, that's it. And then once you move past that and realize 
oh, now it's my time. Now it's time to experience who I am. Yes. That's when you move past the victim. It's okay to be a victim for a while. Right. It happens. Right. But survival comes when you say those things, those accolades, those situations, the things that I own, they're not me. They're not me. And there's this beautiful person who's been waiting all this time to be exposed mm-hmm. and to be able to share mm-hmm. who they are and experience mm-hmm. life and thrive. So good. And actually thrive. And actually thrive. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So, 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 so good. Each week we plant a seed of lavender, which is usually one word, an action word, um, typically, that we plant, we nurture, we water until it takes root in our lives. What would the seed of lavender be for the audience this week based mm-hmm. off this conversation, mm-hmm. based off this topic? What would you recommend? Move. 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 Move out of whatever dark place that you're in, mm. whatever situation that you've been sitting in, yeah. whatever bad things you've been thinking of yourself. Move away from those Ooh. things. Move away from not being gentle to your younger self. Move away from the trauma, the brokenness. Move. And that and moving, that may be moving to a therapist. That may be moving to going in the shower and say, I forgive mm-hmm. you. That may be sitting down with your younger self and saying, thank you, girl. Because, yes, I thought you were tainted, but you're not. You are my best, you are my biggest supporter. My biggest supporter. Yeah. You have given us what I feel like are two very um, common words that we use every single day. Mm -hmm. And they seem simple. Yeah. They seem so simple. But in the context of this conversation, they are so powerful. Yeah. If you take nothing away, in which I hope that you take more than that away from this conversation but if you take nothing else away from this conversation that i am just so honored to have had with dr l thank your younger self and move yeah thank you and move that's it so simple it's not deep Mm. it's not a dissertation Mm. it's super simple thank you and move yeah that's it. Thank you, Dr. L. Thank you. Now I can move on. Now I can move on. Yeah. Go back and thank yourself, your younger self, yes. so that you can move on. Yes. See how that goes together? Mm-hmm. Thank yourself thank so that you, you can move on. <laughs> thank you yeah. for taking the time, for saying yes. Um, I believe your yes is going to transform lives. So we are thankful to have you. And I'm telling you, I'm acknowledging you on air. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really this conversation needed was this powerful. for myself, so thank you. I'm telling you, you this. I'm very serious about yeah. the things that have come up in this conversation, so thank you. You're welcome. Guys, we love you. Um, we'll see you very soon. Until then, take care of yourself and each other. Love you. Peace.